Welcome to Wellness Force Friday. I'm your host, Josh Trent, and this is a special edition, bite-sized podcast that fuels the start of your weekend with actionable steps for your wellness journey through an inspiring story or message from a trusted influencer that helps us discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. If it's your first time listening to the show, make sure you click over to one of our full-length featured episodes to get hundreds more in-depth interviews. All right, let's drop in together for this week's message. Samantha Lotus is a certified nutritional practitioner and yin yoga instructor who graduated as valedictorian with honors from the Institute of Holistic Nutrition. She is a passionate person about human dynamics, holding an honors degree in sociology and psychology with distinction from Concordia University, as well as a diploma in adult education and certificate in life coaching. She's the founder of Real Life But Better, a holistic nutrition and wellness practice where she educates about the power of holistic healing and mentors her clients in achieving optimal mind-body health with whole foods, nutritional, orthomolecular medicine, yin yoga, and integrative self-care techniques. Drop in with us as Samantha shares how she transformed her wellness after a serious healthcare scare at 26. We explore this intersection of emotional and physical weight, why they're so connected, how to not let fear control you, and choosing between love and fear, how to consciously create our own life, and how we can point our compass in the direction that our heart is telling us. Let's drop in with Samantha Lotus. Your story is one that really caught me. I had this cool moment. I got to meet you in Austin, Texas at the Paleo FX conference. And I was like, okay, people get to hear Samantha's voice. So you teach a professional practice course at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition. It's this course designed to help students get clear on their vision, which is, you know, coincidentally what I think all of us as creators, as deliberate creators are doing. We're all getting clear, Samantha. But tell us, like, what's a message that's coming through you lately that you want to share with us on the show? Yeah, a message that's coming through to me is that, you know, there's this huge illusion kind of looming over society that real life has to be constricting and it has to be hard and it's challenging and it's dark and oppressive. And you just have to trudge through it and, you know, just just do what you're supposed to and what you should. And and I just see this mass kind of depression and oppression. And my message is really that it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it can be however you really want it to be and that you do have the power to reclaim, say, whether it be your health or your happiness or your sense of freedom and that you get to implement and execute in the exact way in which you wish. And then that yeah. you will have the manifestation, the result of your dreams. And, and that is totally possible. You were 26. Your body literally shut down. You found yourself like kind of on a deathbed. Uh, you and I talked about this in person, which really was inspiring to me. But tell us, what have you overcome to serve people now, to be this teacher, to teach people about this intersection of health, happiness, and freedom? I mean, take us back there. Take us back to when you were 26. So I grew up very typical standard American diet, you know, McDonald's, craft dinner, hot dogs, pizza pockets. That was pretty much uh, everything that I ate. And I lived a pretty stressful life, you know, burnt the candle at both ends and really just worked hard, went to school, kind of was dealing with a lot of emotions and and these self stories and just kind of the constrictions of life. And yeah, when I was 26, I found myself in quite a situation in terms of health. I had traveled a lot and got sick a lot and faced uh, systemic infection, which then developed into a blood cancer. And I was literally what could have been my deathbed, thanks to the miracle of the universe or, you know, something that came through. I was faced with the the direct reality that something had to change. Yeah. That my lifestyle, not just something, but everything about the way that I was living 
needed to change drastically. Oh. And I was going to be the one that was responsible for those changes. You know what? This emotional weight, I literally just posted something today in the Wellness Force community. We'll link this in the show notes about Brett Hobel from The Biggest Loser. And he said, if you don't lose the emotional weight, you cannot lose the physical weight. And it just struck me, you know, you and I were just about to record today and I was like, I need to bring this up to Samantha because I would love to get your take as an educator, as a nutritionist practitioner, what do you believe this intersection of emotional weight and physical weight has to do with one another? Mm, they're one and the same, really. I truly believe that our physical body is merely an extension of the way that we feel about ourselves and about our lives. So the inflammation, which is the physical weight, is really that constriction inside. It's that lack of self-love, that lack of self-care, the inflamed brain, that stress, that disregard for one's personal health and, and the feelings of not worthiness or not good enoughness. It's those feelings that in turn translate into anxiety and depression, which then translate into the actions that we take, say maybe binge eating or over consuming or turning to alcohol or, you know, excessive sugar, which then translate into excessive weight gain. But really when we get back to that root, it's this disregard for loving ourselves. Yeah. And the self-love comes from a continuum. I mean, every single day is an opportunity to choose what you believe is from love or fear. How have you mm -hmm. consistently chosen the love? And if there was a time that you allowed fear to control you, how have you transcended that? You know, life isn't black and white. However, in terms of relating to any choice that we make or the way that we want to perceive life, we can look at it as fear or love. Is this decision benefiting me? Is it serving me? Is it going to lift me up and enrich me? Or is this decision going to cause me harm? Is it going to cause me pain and suffering? And is this doing something beneficial for me? Or is this deteriorating me in some sort of way? And yeah, I think that really just having that framework of looking at things and being like, okay, good or bad for me and others and moving towards the one that, that feels like love, the one that feels like enriching and enhancing and beneficial. One of the things that I hear from you too, when just I be in your presence and I hear you speak, it's like this term of conscious creation that plays into a major piece of choosing love or fear, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's not that life is going to be perfect and nothing bad will happen and there's never going to be any challenges, of course. And we can't control what happens outside of us. However, we can always control the way that we react, the way that we perceive. The choice to use our mind and our ego for our benefit to rewrite our self-story, to be able to move forward in a way that is beneficial for ourselves and others. And I think that's where conscious creation really comes in. I'm a creator every single day. I mean, we create our reality and I just got back from Los Angeles. I was sharing you before we recorded here and I had this three-year vision of meeting Tom Bilyeu. I got to meet him and it was because I was just willing to take those small daily kind of sometimes painful steps in the dark, even when I felt like, quote, quote, the narrative inside, I wasn't good enough. And the truth is, is that we're all good enough. This is not some inspirational mojo speech. I mean, Samantha, the types of people that you work with, the students that you teach in class, is it a common thread that most people have a voice between love and fear? I'm good enough or I'm not good enough? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Almost every single person that I come across or every single student that I teach or client that I work with, they have these passions, they have these ideas, they have these desires, but deep down they feel, well, who am I to, or how could I achieve that? Or, you know, there's some part of me that's not good enough because I haven't achieved this kind of success, or I don't look this certain way, or I don't have this certification, or, you know, there's always these self-sabotaging thoughts, but 
this is the thing. We all have them. And so just realizing that that in itself is the illusion. Those things are just the fears. And it's just really showing us what we are not. And then when you look at it that way, that it's a common thread amongst all human, well, the majority of human beings, and then being like, okay, great, that's a nice thought, that's the fear, but that's not true for me. It's really about finding deep down that little seed of belief that, okay, well, maybe because I'm having these thoughts and having these passions that they're here for a reason, that I do deserve to have them. And if that might possibly be true, what would that look like? Mm. What would be the steps that I could potentially take to see if that was true or to see that come to fruition. And just having that that faith, that belief, that courage in oneself to just maybe be crazy enough to take those steps, to have that belief. I loved how you explained that, to be just crazy enough, because sometimes that's how it feels, right? I mean, I'm sure we all can relate, Samantha. We're in this phase of life where we feel something in our heart and we go for it and it's calling and it's pulling us in that direction. And our friends and our family and people might be like, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? But it just feels right to us. I'm curious how you deliberate between a feeling you get to follow or a feeling that's based off of scarcity or lack? In other words, how do you have your compass point towards where your heart wants you to go? Mm, I love the saying, follow the breadcrumbs of your bliss. Does it feel good to you? Does it excite you? Does it feel right? You just It's not something that you can conceptualize in your mind. It's something that's just in your gut, in your heart. It's like, it's either a yes or a uh, no. Well, maybe I should. I, like, you know, when you start to rationalize and, and the mind and the ego comes in. You know, it's just really like kind of cheesy and the oldest saying in the book, but go with your gut. It's your gut feeling. It's what gives you butterflies. Follow that and allow that to be your compass. I think that is like the biggest tweetable in our conversation ever. We'll definitely paste that in our show notes. Everyone <laughs> just focus on that today. I mean, if there's one thing that people could do this weekend, I think that was it right there. I want to ask you about the Superhero Academy. What was your work with Superhero Academy? For those people that don't know, just talk about them a little bit and what you did in partnership with Superhero. Yeah, so Superhero Academy is a tribe of philanthropeneurs that are really bonding together to increase and empower one another to spread their unique gifts to the world, to really be the change that they want to see in the world. And so my company, Real Life But Better, and Superhero Academy have partnered together to lead a month-long mentorship to empower, inspire, and provide wonderful human beings with the tools, the resources, and the community to go out and really make those positive changes in the world. What types of people might be magnetically drawn to you, either your students or your clients that are looking to let go of weight or get more energy? I mean, what type of people do you find really come into your space? People that know that there's something more. They're tired, they're fed up of feeling sick, they're tired of being disregarded from the medical community, they're tired of just this lack of, of lust for life. It's They know that there's something more. And so they, they see it, they're attracted to the light. It's like, yes, the message resonates. Okay, life can be better. There is something as real life, but better. I can change and I I do have the power to be able to do that. And they just need a little bit of guidance. So it's really those people that pick up on that message that, hell yeah, life can be totally ridiculously amazing. And they want more of that. And I love your phrase too. It's pasted all across social, real life, but better. How did that come up for you? I mean, what what does that really mean? Yeah, so real life, but better. I grew up in a, bless them, but in a family that was very, very stuck in their negative thought patterns and in their poverty and their scarcity mindset. And I was just taught that, you know, life just sucks. Like you just, Mm. you're sick and that's the way it is. And you're poor and that's the way it is. And you just go to a job that you hate because that's what you do. 
And when I was 18, I started to travel the world. I was backpacking by myself and I found myself in these amazing places with these wonderful people that saw life completely differently. And and I just started to say, no, like this is real life, but better. Mm. This is real life, but better. And I started to lose weight and I started to get healthy and I started to coach people and, and I really saw the changes. And so this saying just kept coming up and coming up and people loved it and it, it just kind of stuck. Yeah, real life, but better. The consciousness that you had when you were growing Growing up as a teenager or maybe even somebody, you know, going into your 20s was so different than when you went through your hardship and health. How do you think that hardships and health can fortify us? In other words, they make us so much stronger. I know that was the case for myself. You know, I lost 75 pounds and then gained 60 and then lost 40. I mean, we've all been, I think, in some point on the bandwagon for how do I achieve this well-being, this life of wellness? How do you think we get fortified by these things that happen for us and the things that might have happened for you? Yeah, I really feel that life is kind of like a video game. Our challenges are the things that are the really the obstacles that are fun. They, they make us stronger. They teach us so much. They bring wisdom and knowledge and experience. Also humility and, and a sense of humbleness, I find, from, from those obstacles. And then just the strength of success and of achievement. Just being like, wow, yeah, I overcame that. And now I have the opportunity to help other people overcome that. And I think that our adversities really just bring that contrast. It's the dark before the light. You can't really appreciate the views from the top of the mountain had you never really climbed up that mountain, right? And so mm. through the contrasts, you just have this deeper sense of gratitude and appreciation, which is really what I believe the key to life and, and happiness. That was an even more powerful tweetable than the one you did before. And I'm thinking about too, Tweet you know, me, baby. <laughs> someone's listening and they're starting to feel this spark inside, the spark of inspiration, knowing that inspiration is so much different than motivation. Can you share a story of someone you've worked with that was inspired by your coaching methods that took that health for the long run and got a real transformation from it? Absolutely. One of my greatest successes and my happiest story is my little brother who lived a very similar life as I did and very overweight, you know, unhappy, just didn't didn't have a great life, didn't have a real life a better. And, and he took his life into his own hands and he really made the commitment to being healthy and happy. He started going to the gym. He started eating better. He started working on his self-confidence and his self-love and putting himself out there. And, you know, he lost 70 pounds. He's now bicycling every single day and doing like some kind of triathlons and all sorts of things, has the job of his dreams, has the girlfriend of his dreams. And he's just radiant. Mm. And it's, it's a totally different human being. It's a totally different life. I love that you brought up your brother knowing that you've coached so many people. That is so completely inspirational because it was somebody that, I mean, who wants to help their family? Your family's probably not going to listen to you, right? Especially I found as health educators, as trainers or coaches, typically their families don't listen to them. I mean, how did you make your family member listen to you when you were inspiring their health? Mm, by not forcing them and just leading by example and loving them anyways. If they wanted to stay the way that they wanted to stay, I was just going to love them through it anyways and just be ready with open arms when they came around because they do come around. And as yeah. soon as you give up the need to change them and just allow them the space to find that inspiration within themselves, that is where the magic happens. What do you think about wellness for you now? So since you've had your journey, you've gone through many thresholds. The big one was at 26, but now what is your vision? I mean, how do you define wellness and what does that look like and feel like for you now? Yeah. So for a very long time, I think I mastered the nutrition side, the physical side, had the body and the, you know, the diet of uh, like a perfect diet and all of that. And now it's really the emotional side, really, really accepting myself fully 
loving myself fully and trusting myself fully. Somebody's understanding from you that this trust piece plays a huge role and they're going through their weekend. Maybe they're just listening to this on the morning and they're on a walk and the sun's hitting their shoulders. I don't know. That's the visualization that I'm feeling for them. <laughs> what is something they can do this weekend? You know, one thing, something actionable that you've seen be of service to people that are letting go of weight and getting more energy. Yeah, I really believe that knowing what you want, first and foremost, so knowing what you want, what is your goal? And then imagining how that would feel and then visualizing yourself as that person that has achieved that and then putting yourself into positions, places and environments that match that frequency. So doing things that make you feel good, doing things that make you feel loved, doing things that make you feel light, doing things that make you feel empowered, putting yourself into those places, then adjusts your your vibration, your frequency to allow you to receive more of that because your successes fuel your ambition and your ambition fuels your success. So just do what makes you feel happy and do what makes you feel good. Follow the breadcrumbs of your bliss. That would be my advice. Such a good thing to end on and this purpose to awakening people to the actual truth that they're deliberate creators. I know we've touched on this quite a bit over the past hundred plus shows, but Samantha, thank you for reminding us about this, this deliberate creation on how we can have, I mean, health, happiness, freedom, whatever it is that we want, but it really starts with a choice as parting guidance for people that are maybe having a little bit of dissension around the choice to just step up and say, Hey, I'm here to actually be a deliberate creator in my life. What can you tell them? To really focus on what you want. We know what we don't want. We have it. <laughs> We've done that. We're, we're masters at having all the things that we don't want. Now really <laughs> just focus on what you want. Start scripting that. See the destination. And then find the systematic ways to reverse engineer that or get in touch, get support, join a community, reach out, be vulnerable, and just know that you totally can have that and you totally do deserve to have everything that you desire. Reallifebutbetter.com is your website. Where can people learn more about you besides the website? Are you doing anything else on social? Anything fun? And you do some unique videos, which uh, tend to get some fun comments too in the thread. Yeah. So Real Life But Better is the blog. You can reach me at samanthalotus.com or across all social media platforms under Samantha Lotus or Real Life But Better. Samantha, thanks so much for sharing your gifts with us on the show. Thank you, Josh. You are amazing. And it has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to the show. If you're ready to take inspired action from this week's Wellness Force Friday podcast, let me hear your voice. Tap your show artwork, click the link in purple that says review this podcast, write down your thoughts about this episode and what you're committed to creating this weekend and into the next. Don't let this conversation stop here. In your same show artwork, tap on the link that says join the Facebook group for added accountability and connection to support the physical and emotional wellness for the collective and ourselves. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.